The Saskatchewan Healthcare Coalition is hosting the All for Public Healthcare Rally in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, May 4th. It's free and you're invited. This rally is happening because our public healthcare system does not have the support it needs to meet the diverse needs of all Saskatchewan residents. For years, it has been underfunded, ignored, and hindered. So join Donna and I in person on May 4th in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan for a walk, speeches, networking, and community building. Link for more information is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. In this episode, I'm talking to safety education advisor, Stephen Molinelli. I was living in Edmonton and and thing, and I got fired from the job, and then and then I uh, then I got an impair charge, which was my second impair charge, and then within geez, I don't know, two months, I was homeless. From motorcycles to dumpsters to DUI educator for the Saskatchewan Safety Council, Stephen shares his valuable insights openly from our booth at the 2024 Saskatchewan Safety Seminar in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I mean, in the end, it 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 was pretty pretty sad, right? It yeah. was dark. It was it was either. Do I continue down this road with inevitable death, or do I reach out for recovery again? There was one, of, and there was only two streets I could drive down, right? Yeah. So, what's up? My name's Dan, podcaster, keynote speaker, and advocate, and this is Hard Knocks Talks, your addictions podcast. Shout out to the Saskatchewan Safety Council for inviting me to produce some content and deliver a talk about my experiences with addiction in the trades. I had a great time, fostered some great conversations. Now let's hear my talk with alcoholic in recovery, Stephen Molinelli. This is Hard Knocks Talks. I'm interested to know, working for the Safety Council, being involved and being immersed in the safety culture, what's that been like for you in your in your recovery? You know, it's it it's twofold, right? Because a lot of it, I, I I see my own story day after day among people I meet, but then at the same time, I feel like I'm giving back, right? I'm I'm able to help people that maybe didn't have an opportunity to help, or also show people that there is hope in recovery, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I could have never dreamt about a job like this when I was in active addiction and now I'm actually helping make people's lives safer mm-hmm. that's a trip right that's wild so mm. what was it like for you in active addiction imagine the darkest place possible right check uh no hope uh I certainly didn't want to live mm-hmm. you know um where did it take you to a dumpster just off of 17th street in Calgary so I was homeless uh-huh. uh, and it was not a great place, but that's where my addiction wanted to take me because that's where I was able to freely use alcohol and drugs at my leisure with nobody telling me what I could do. So I chose homelessness over a roof over my head so I could continue to use. So yeah, it's a pretty dark place, man. So you went to the street to find comfort. Yeah, totally. Did it work? Uh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes and no. For a bit. Yeah, for a bit. For yeah. A bit. I yeah. mean, at first it was like, this is awesome, right? I can yeah. do... Nobody, I can't, I don't have to answer to anyone, right? Sweet freedom. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, it, it was easy to just do what I wanted to do. But I mean, in the end, it, it, it was pretty, pretty sad, right? It was yeah. dark. It was, it was either, do I continue down this road with inevitable death? Or do I reach out for recovery again? There was one, and there was only two streets I could drive down, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, what did you do? Uh, for like in your professional career before all of this went sideways? So at the time, uh, in that time in my life, I was in the automotive trade. So I was a sales manager, very high pressure, very mm-hmm. high stress, uh, long work hours, that kind of thing, right? So um, yeah, it was a easy place to, to make your addiction stronger because that industry fed that addiction and, and the money was big and I mean, it was kind of everywhere, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you mentioned you were on the at a fork in the road. Yeah, so I had uh, I had a job, and I had you know I was living in Edmonton and and uh, that kind of thing, and I got fired from the job, and then and then uh, then I got an impair charge, which was my second impair charge, and then within geez, I don't know, two months, I was homeless because I just kept using and drinking and spending my money. Was there married Um, kids, anything? I was married. I divorced a few years before that. Uh, Three kids, yeah, Mm -hmm. with my ex-wife. So Mm -hmm. um, by that time, they had kind of erased me from from their life, right? I wasn't, I was a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not an expenditure. I was a liability, right? Yeah. You know, because I'm trying to con them out of money and I'm trying to, you know, I mean, there was one suicide attempt where my daughter found me. I mean, there's, it's just not a good scene, right? Wow. So that's, yeah. that's heavy. It is heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super heavy. Was that, was that because you couldn't put the bottle down or you couldn't put the pipe down or? No, couldn't put the bottle down. Yeah. The bottle was my number one choice. Yeah. Uh, drugs augmented that, right? Drugs gave me the ability to drink more. Uh-huh. That's how I discovered drugs. So something that piqued my interest, you, you mentioned that your your career sort of fueled your addiction. Totally, yeah. So your workplace, Yep. how did it, did it propagate it? Did it glamorize it? Did it... Did All it... of the above, yeah, for okay. sure. So, I mean, I don't want to talk negatively about that whole industry. Yeah. Uh, it's just what happened to me, but there, it's happened to other people as well. It, uh, it congratulates that type of behavior and it wants that type of behavior and it rewards it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's say it's a, the motorcycle is like the pinnacle icon of rebellion. Sure, exactly, right? right? So, so, you know, uh, flashy cars, expensive clothes, good-looking women. I mean, mm-hmm. parties till whatever, right? You I know mean, what I learned? There's good-looking women outside those places isn't too. Isn't that wild, eh? I there's, know, it took me a while. There's still good looking in it's fact weird. i found I married one in one. there yeah, so. and i pulled her out well, i didn't pull her out but she came out with me <laughs> she joined you in your journey so yeah, okay yeah. i kind of contradicted myself there but she's now on the outside. there you go there you go yeah no it's it is true but yeah no the 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 industry you know we we're sitting at a safety seminar right we're talking about uh, safety in the workplace and stuff like that and that's one of the things we should be talking about out there right yeah. is is safety in the workplace and obviously our stories yeah right i like, mean is your workplace probably Propagating addiction, right? Propagating—is is it glamorizing drinking? You know, is—is is that okay for everyone to get sloshed after work or before work? Yep. Is exactly. everybody smoking a joint at lunch? Like, is that normal there? Because it's been normal for me in the past. Yep. Yep. You and know? I think there's a lot of industries out there that need to take a real good hard look yeah. at what they're allowing and not allowing, or not even allowing. How are they helping their staff get over these things? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to the recovery center that, that's here. Early recovery center. Yeah, yeah, and, they're right there. Yeah, sweet, right? Yeah. And and you know, it, it one of her missions is to get out there in front of other companies and say, look, like there are ways that we can help get your employees yeah. clean, back to work mm-hmm. and happy again, yeah. right? Or what about ways that we can foster more productive conversations? What about how can we how can we make it okay for your employees to talk to you about these things and not fear punitive action? Well, I think more the first thing to anything is education, right? Yeah. If we, people like you and I, can educate these companies and go, you know what, that these are actually, they're people just like you and I, mm-hmm. and let's have those conversations openly and, and honestly, right, yeah. with each other. Because, I mean, the fortunate thing for people like you and I as a compared to the first time that I tried to recover back in 2001 is it's more acceptable now, right? I mean, yeah. we, can, we can talk about recovery openly at the dinner table or at a restaurant or we all have friends and things like that that have been down these roads but I think we need to push that further and get it into the 
the workplace and into the HR departments and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's yeah. how we're going to get this battle won, right? Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Check. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Follow yeah, Hard yeah. Knocks Talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now you're a safety professional now. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, you were talking to me about uh, how you are now um, doing uh, driver safety education. Yep. So I do my shtick is anything with wheels. So motorcycles, ATVs, yeah. snowmobiles, uh, forklifts, and I do a lot of defensive driving training and winter driving training. What about the? What's the one that? They have to take when they get a DUI. I don't do that one, but I do one of the ones that you would have to do the SGI mandated course before you go down that road of getting... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so you see people who have gotten DUIs 100%. and you're educating them. Yep. Yep. So what is that like for you? Because, I mean, you've gotten two DUIs yourself. Do you I open have. up with that and be like, I, got, I get it. I got two DUIs. You know, it's okay. You know, I, I don't. Um, uh-huh. But I, what I do, I do talk about my story and I do say that my current choice is abstinence, right? That is one of the options of drinking and driving is don't drink. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I do relay that. That's, um, that's stupid. <laughs> who does that, right? Like, come on. Like, really? Yeah. Normal people, apparently. Right? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's weird. Uh, and it's it's difficult. Like, I don't want to be that that guy because it's like, hey, I did it twice, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm proof that I can learn, right? Yeah. We're not all completely hopeless right uh i mean we do recover i mean i love that saying right we do recover and we do do things like this now right so and we need to normalize that how long have you been sober now six years well six years next month yeah what was your first year like um the first year back was honestly pretty awesome uh i was very grateful to be alive i was grateful that i could have a meal have a cup of coffee and I was just grateful that I got another chance because I didn't think that that was going to happen. So, and yeah. I've carried that through these past six years. Did you like do the detox and treatment route? I didn't. I tried, uh, yeah. and it just wasn't available to me at the time. So I just hit the rooms hard, and that's yeah. that's what got me to where I am now. You open to talking about that? Absolutely. So, what was that like for you walking in the doors? Like, did you? So you have had two stints of, of sobriety, yep. right? You had ten years, and now you have another six. Yeah. So what happened to me is I had those ten years, and but I don't believe. I always say that I, I went to the rooms, but I wasn't in the room. Yeah. Okay. So when I came back, so I was, my relapse was five years. I got drunk in 2013, came back in March of 2018. Yeah. And you know what? It was great. I mean, I, I did have people that approached me and went like, we thought you were dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it was, uh, you weren't, you, you weren't walking into the back into the rooms with shame or, or not fear at all. Or... No. Cause, uh, you know, if you know the traditions and the steps a little bit, there's a third tradition. The only requirement is a desire to stop yeah, drinking. That's, that's a tradition. I love that. Yeah. Right. And, no, and that's and, great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what kept me coming back. Right? I mean, that doesn't that doesn't completely remove everyone's fear from going no. back. I mean, these traditions are beautiful, and I get that, you know. But yep. I mean, there's also people in the room who are imperfect. Hundred percent. And then, like, yeah. come to the rooms. We won't judge you. Yeah, bullshit. You're yeah. definitely. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to judge you when I get home. I, yeah, I'm just not going like, to judge you list. in front yeah. of you. I'm not going to tell you about the things I'm judging you on. Yeah, but that's the, that's one of the. Actually, you know what's funny? That's one of the gifts. Is like, I don't care who judges me. Like, yeah. I, I, 
I remember being in active addiction and driving a hundred twenty thousand dollar car, carrying what everybody, you know, look at me, look at who I am. Now I drive a rusty eighty two pickup truck, and I am the happiest. Eighty two, I can smell it. Yeah, it's I can ru- smell your truck. Yeah, you can feel it actually. Yeah. It's rust. It's <laughs> yeah. rusting around. But you know, and that's where I'm at. Like I don't care. Like it smells and- like Saskatchewan. <laughs> it does. It's totally true. Um, but yeah, like I don't care anymore. I just yeah. don't care. Yeah. Right. So, so you, you entered into recovery. You yep. went into the rooms. Yep. When did you see the light? Oh, it was pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Well, it didn't take long. Yeah. It didn't take long. And, um, I guess because literally ever since I've come back every day, every month, every hour, my life has gotten better. I got a job. I started working. I got friends back in my life. I met my future wife my kids started talking to me again. Oh, wait, I got a better job. Oh, wait, oh, wait. You know, it was just yeah, yeah. like, and it, it hasn't stopped. I'm not saying my life is all, you know, yeah, butterflies like to, and roses and I like and to shit. dial that. Yeah, thank you for yeah, saying it's that. Not. I like to dial it in because some people get carried away and like, because life does get good. Totally. But it also gets hard. Yeah, you know, it like gets my hard, life is good because it's hard. I have challenges. I have mountains to yep. climb. I have, I have things in front of me. Like I need but that. But your life is also good because when it does get fucking bad, you can swear. Okay. When it does get bad, you have the tools to deal with it. You don't go running to the bottle. Yeah. You don't go running to the pipe, right? Yeah. 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 Our life can fucking suck. Have I dealt with death? Yeah. Have I dealt with people relapsing and dying? Yeah. Have I dealt with financial woes? 100%. Yeah. But I know what to do about it. Yeah. Right? I don't need to rely on those old ways of life, right? Yeah. Because the 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 drugs and the booze and all that crap is but yet just a little part of it right like it's it's a living problem that i got right yeah so once i figure out the living problem i can deal with all that shit yeah. right so yeah if we're if we're talking about the 12 steps i mean they only mention the substance in the first step the rest of it's about learning how to live 100 percent. you know man. and i've said this a lot of times before in the podcast and, and i'm not definitely a proponent for for the alcoholics anonymous or mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. i i used the 12 steps they were very useful to me i still reflect on them sometimes i end up in a meeting but i think everybody should do the steps whether right? you're alcoholic or not <laughs> you know what's funny my wife said that to me once she's like i wish that that was just a recipe for life it is right like what do you mean you wish <laughs> well, no, but she, you know the, the, we don't it's not available well it is available to anyone but you know what i mean like yeah. it's not like everybody has a 12-step program yeah everybody's working these steps everybody's admitting that you know they have defaults and and and, and character defects that they need to work on right yeah. Yeah. that takes a lot of courage yeah right yeah. To admit that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. how old were your kids when you came back in? Okay, so my son would have been old s- enough to know. Twelve. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. So twelve, early twenties and mid twenties. What was that like coming back? Um, I didn't think that my one daughter and my son would ever speak to me again. Um, that was hard. My oldest daughter did. She actually helped me out a lot in early sobriety. Uh, like I didn't have a lot of money. She gave me a ride to the food bank to get some food and stuff like that. And we reconnected. That must have been a humbling experience totally. for you. Yeah. But it was cool. Like I, yeah. I, you know, it was swallow my pride and deal with it. Right. But, uh, slowly they, they all came around. I mean, I think my middle daughter's probably still the hardest, right. Cause she was the one that kind of dealt with a lot of my crap. Yeah. And, um, you know, but we openly talk about it now. So that's good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that she still gets emotional at times. There was, a the Lumineer song, um, Gloria, that's what it was. The okay. song Gloria is about a family member in the band the Lumineers, and my daughter loves the Lumineers, and she sent me the song one day. She's like, you have to listen to this song. I hate it when people do that. Oh, it's so... <laughs> oh. But of course, then I'm like, 
in a puddle of tears. And I'm yeah, going, this yeah, is, you yeah. know, but yeah. So, yeah. So, um, let's talk more about that. Sure. Now, you, you said your one daughter was very receptive. Um, and, and your now wife, you met her in recovery. She didn't know you. No? She's never met drunk Steve. No. Yeah. So no. what about the kid's mom? Um, you know, we don't need to go diving into. No, this. no, no. Let's do it. No, yeah. I mean, we we luckily have a very good relationship, and she was an advocate of me getting sober. I mean, she saw me sober the first time, and yeah. and uh, was always kind of in my court, I would say, right. Yeah. And uh, when I came back, it was you know the living amends with her, and uh, there was some financial things that maybe I didn't do right that I'm still kind of making right with her, and. Uh, uh, no, we're good. Like she's she's been a fan of mine, and and we're still mm-hmm. getting along really, really well, and and communicating uh, very openly mm-hmm. about everything, and it's good. Yeah, it's super good. Uh, and is safety your first? Was that your first job? Oh coming God! Back? Uh, no, no. The, I, you know what? I fell into this. Yeah, like how did fell th- into this? Ah. Get it? <laughs> um, so I, I, like I said, I was in the automotive trade, and I kind of did a little bit of that in early recovery, just because I had to, because it's what I knew. Yeah. But I knew I wanted to get out, and I wanted to play with airplanes. It was a thing. I was like, I want to be in the aviation business, and I did get to do that for a little while in recovery, but I learned that I didn't like it. and But while I was doing that, I was uh, a part-time motorcycle instructor for the safety council. So on the weekends, I would teach people how to ride bikes, which I love, right? And uh, long story short, I was going to quit the aviation job, and they said, well, why don't you come work for us full-time? And I went, why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a safety person. You know, I don't have the degree and the background and stuff like that, but I do know how to operate all this stuff safely. And my motorsports background helped with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's my second year with them, my second year at the conference here, and it's mm-hmm. been great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said that motorcycles helped you in your recovery. They did. That's interesting because we just finished talking about how that culture really kind of sunk you, and now we're going to come out the other side and completely contradict ourselves. Yeah, yeah, totally. We, but do, I, I had we convers- do that at times, right? We do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine from BC who uh, she owns a Harley, and she was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying that motorcycles are excellent for people who are in recovery from PTSD. Right? Yeah, totally. So tell us how having a motorcycle has helped you. So I suffer from ADHD and, and obviously addiction and stuff like that. When you're on a bike and you're riding, like, you can just get out of your own head. Like, you don't, there's no phones, there's no bullshit, there's no, yeah. right? And like, your hands are pretty much tied yeah, to those bars. And, and, yeah. and it's rhythmic and the sound of the engine and stuff around you, it's, it's therapeutic. Yeah. I know lots of people in recovery that ride motorcycles and have used motorcycles as part of their recovery. Yeah. Um, PTSD, totally. I know people like that as well, right? Well, it gives you no choice but to be in the moment. Yep. You know, there's things going on around you. It is very dangerous. Yep. You know, and it's out of your control. You can't control well, you everything, can, okay, right? Okay, so, and here's, I had another interesting conversation. And now, I mean, the motorcycle is in your control. Yep. However... I had a friend come on the other day on the show and he was talking about sailing mm-hmm. and he's like sailing and it was very much the same thing. It puts you in the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I can control how much sail I have. I can control the direction that I'm going. I cannot control the wind. Yep. I cannot control the waves. And that's what makes it uh, so engaging. Yep. 
you know, yep. and, and it's spiritual. It puts you in contact with something bigger than yourself. And that's the whole thing, right? It is, is, is taking yourself out of the equation and making, you know, making sure that you realize that I am not everything, right? There are things completely out we of my control. We need to be reminded of that. Daily, right? <laughs> yeah. Daily, right? Yeah. So, and motorcycling and sailing and, uh, I mean, running. I mean, there's all kinds Jiu-jitsu of... Jiu-jitsu is good for me. Nothing yeah. will put you in the moment faster than a big dude on top of you trying to choke you out. <laughs> I'm telling you... <laughs> I the nothing. There's nothing. There's Subscribe not a pill to in the Hard Knot Talks for more tips and tricks. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's one I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see that though. That Absolutely. makes sense to me. I yeah. think it's not unlike motorcycle. You know, yeah. like a, you're you're. There's like tons of, of machinery going whizzing past yeah. you, or you're whizzing past it, or totally. whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's very dangerous. Well, my first first job in in recovery was somebody else that was in recovery that uh, had a very small motorcycle shop, and they took me on as a mechanic, and I uh-huh. I did little repairs and stuff like that. Still didn't even have a driver's license at this point, but just the being around the bikes and 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 it just kind of brought me back to old steve and made me feel good again and and yeah it, it was part of my recovery for sure so cool yeah what do, what do you do exactly again like what is your your title you're an so educator my, yeah i'm a uh oh, what is my title i'm a safety education specialist yes yeah which okay. is a pretty broad term. But. So do you go into workplaces? Oh, all the time. And um, you, you mentioned before that you, you do disclose your story yeah, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, last year here, I got to say my entire story in front of hundreds of people in one of these breakout rooms, right? Yeah. It, was, it was pretty, it was inspiring. It was cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I had so many people come up to me after, I was telling you earlier, right? They came up after the fact and went, you know, my uncle was an alcoholic or yeah. my daughter is struggling with meth or whatever. And it was like, wow, you guys are opening up to me after an yeah. hour conversation. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was neat. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here is um, when you're doing these educations and you're getting in front of people who have, uh, you know, suffered a loss from their, as a result of their drinking, uh, and you disclose, do you ever have people come up to you in these workplaces or in these environments afterwards and, and like, like what you're just mentioning there and, and like open up to you? Yeah, I've had it a couple of times. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but it yeah. happens. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's just, it's, they just want to talk to somebody who understands them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and if they figure out, and I think that's why I've never been shy about what I've been through is literally for that, right? I mean, if you can... If you can sympathize with somebody and, and, and sit and just be like, hey, man, I get it, and I've been there. Yeah. Right? And I always like to say, too, you know, um, none of us, we're all human, right? We're all flawed. Yeah. Like, come on, right? I yeah. mean, uh, but we can, if we put in the work, we can correct some of the damage we've done, right? Yeah. So, yeah. including to the damage we've done to ourselves. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. This yeah, is man. an honor. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's rad. So. Yeah, that's it. All right, thanks again to the Sask Safety Council for having us at their seminar. If you liked what you heard here today, please hit that subscribe button at the bottom of the screen, turn on notifications, give us a like, drop us a comment, leave your thoughts. That's all we got. Thanks so much.